Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have an update on the latest grain prices, and the update is from Johnson's Grain Marketing. Most grain prices are mixed, but oilseeds are doing quite well. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada announces a new research project to expand plant proteins in hospitals and the athletic field. Real Agriculture looks at data collection on the farm and good decision-making. More market discussion on the latest USDA crop report and crop production report. And we have the latest market report on cattle prices across Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call one 800 324 7778. Grain prices are mixed this month. Alan Johnson at Johnson's Grain Marketing says flax is setting record high prices, but pulses are reflecting some mixed trends. Well, uh, if we can include canary seed in on the pulse crops, it, it, a lot of people do, but it's around 30 cents for farm, 31, 32 is kind of in that range. Yellow peas have been a lot stronger lately. We've got, you know, 10 fall farm, 10.50 delivered in some areas, and even some companies are out there a little higher than that. The green peas are still a little soft, you know, 9, 9.50, and they're inverted compared to the usually greens are hotter than yellows, but for the last few months they're not. They're underneath yellows, and lots of lots of attention to yellows right now, and the greens are hard to move. Then we get into the lentils, uh, 35, 36 on green lentils, uh, probably 28, 29 on red lentils. It's a very, it's coming back a little bit on the lentil market, but it's not on fire. It's not to the level that some people want, yet on greens or reds. But you know, there's been a little bit, of, little bit of grain moving. Then we move on into things like flax. We've bought flax lately at $24 a bushel picked up, 24 picked up. And it's incredible. That's the highest bids we've ever seen. Then we've got new crop flax at $16 that we can lock in for fall movement with Act of God. Canola, three weeks ago, I was buying lots of canola at $16 picked up in the farm. My buyer filled up temporarily, and then the market dipped after that, and we have not seen that since. But I've got probably over a million bushels of grain here right now. If I could find these guys $16 picked up, they were very interested. Pretty much committed ahead of time if I could find that bid again. Then we move into oats. Oats are a little quieter than what they were. Maybe I'd say in most occasions we can get $4, maybe a little bit better, subject to the time of the period of when they would move later on in the frame. Wheat, feed wheat, and good wheat, it doesn't matter right now because feed wheat is equal to the or higher than the board grains like number one 
uh, number two wheat. We're buying lots of the, you know, number one, number two wheat into the feed market. Cattle and these hogs and that, they don't care what grade it is. They just want to eat it. So we've had some incredible prices, right, from seven fifty-five to $8 delivered. I'm buying some stuff this morning way up at Cudworth, Saskatchewan. I, we're working on a whole bunch of stuff out of southeast Saskatchewan. We're trying to get seven fifty, seven sixty picked up. That market is very, very strong as barley is. I bought barley, 35,000 bushels out of Mancota the other day. I got the guy 620 picked up. Higher prices if you get closer to Alberta. But there's still very good prices over here, you know, Regina, Moose Jaw, and east of, of Regina. Pretty well all over the place. The stronger markets for feed in that are in Saskatchewan and Alberta compared to usually Manitoba is very strong, but they're a little weaker all year long. So, Alan, though, I also understand you've done some expansion business-wise. Tell me about that. Well, we have. We made an agreement here with G3 to be their exclusive broker agents. As far as I know, we're exclusive to them. We set that up about a month ago and happy to be working with them. They have 16 terminals in Western Canada, I believe, and building more. We also have an agreement with a company called Luthi Green out of Quebec. We're setting up loading sites for them all over Western Canada. We currently have four set up in Saskatchewan. They're shipping grain, wheat, and durum, and peas, and everything's going to be going down east through us. And over the next year, they want us to book over a million tons of grain for them. And that thing, just the order list just keeps growing. So what's going on here is incredible. We've hired our own agronomist in Calgary. We'll be looking after all our clientele right throughout the West, uh, just accessible to a phone call to Calgary. And uh, he's got 10 years of experience and very knowledgeable young man. So always changes here, Jim, and it's, it's fun to be around. I'm 71 years old, and I love every minute. <laughs> Tell me about the loading sites. Where are they set up so far, Alan? Right now we're set up in Torquay. We're set up in Glenavon and Wapella and Buchanan. And grain has all gone through each and every one of them. Torquay's may be a little behind, but it's coming on board very quickly. And we're going to be setting up more in Alberta, in Saskatchewan, and two or three or four over in Manitoba as well. This is all, we need 25 car spots and uh, some place or some people can look after the input of the in, you know, the grain coming in and, and do uh, protein tests on everything else and then just load the cars. The farmer's only going to be required to get the grain there. That would be his delivered price and that's all he has to do. And we've done lots of that already. The payment is quite prompt. They just need void checks and they're sending out payments right from Quebec very, very quickly to farmers. So. That's just one of the things going on, Jim, so it's pretty exciting days around here. Alan Johnson operates Johnson's Grain Marketing at Wellwyn, Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has announced a $2.2 million investment in research to expand the use of pulse crops. Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel says the funds will be used to develop plant proteins for use in hospitals and for highly athletic consumers. We announced a project with two companies based out of Ontario called Enhanced Medical Nutrition and Infinite Nutrition Canada. They're developing plant-based protein for uh, work in long-term care homes and hospitals and also for elite athletes. I think what's really cool about this is that they're using ingredients that we're producing here in Western Canada for those high-value markets. What kind of products will they use? They're looking right now at blends of protein that are produced from peas and canola, but part of the research work is trying to find what are the crops that we produce in Western Canada that provide you know, the functionality and the nutrition and all of the requirements, but it will be starting with peas and canola. And they're trying to make a, a protein powder, I understand, to help with people that are hospitalized that need protein, and also though for the athletic market where they want high-protein products, drinks, shakes, whatever. Yeah, you bet. And so, you know, most of that market 
today is served by whey protein, which is uh, a product of milk production. And uh, it's a really great source of protein because of uh, the nutrition and the functionality. So when we, when we have people, however, that are uh, vegetarian, maybe they want a, a different source of protein, a plant-based source of protein, there's a few issues and challenges we need to solve. One is the nutrition, one is the functionality. Often these proteins uh, are a little bit gritty or chalky when you drink them. And so the research work is to really figure out how we can improve the functionality and the mouthfeel and the nutrition of plant-based proteins to provide access to those markets. How much to be invested? The total project is $2.2 million, and that's a co-investment between ourselves and Enhanced Medical Nutrition and Infinite Nutrition Canada. We're each in for about half of that. Now, another key question I always have is, how do farmers benefit? Yeah, well, every time that we open up new markets in Canada for domestic use of the crops that we produce here in the West, I think that's a good day for Canadian farmers because every time that we're taking crops and we're producing ingredients here in Canada for markets that are high value, that's a good day because it insulates us from trade disruption. You know, some it, it helps us with transportation infrastructure challenges and gives marketing options to producers. And the benefit to consumers? Well, I think here's, here, here's an exact example of what we're trying to do at Protein Industries Canada, which has benefits to consumers. So high-performance athletes, some of them want protein sources from plant-based. So here's an option, an opportunity for them. I think the real benefit to, uh, to individuals in the healthcare system that are on feeding tubes or need supplemental uh, nutrition from protein post-operative or when they're recovering, they've got new options of plant-based proteins to help support their recovery. When do you expect this product to be available? Yeah, I think there's a lot of work in this space, Jim, because we're talking about developing products for these markets in, in healthcare. That takes a long time to make sure that we are giving people the nutrition they want. It's a bit of a longer term, but I would expect within, within 18 to 24 months we could see products available. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Today I'm going to talk to Christian Hebert. He's a farmer from Saskatchewan, and we're talking about trying to turn data collection into profitable decision-making. At your farm, how do you go about this to make sure you have success? I guess we're trying to kind of split it into you know some sort of silos or pools. So the first one that we talk about lots is financial data. That's stuff that all farms have for you know, basically the past 100 years, as long as you've been filing a tax return, and, and tie that to cash because it's the most important. The second kind of silo would be our agronomic and machinery data. So that would be everything that we do to grow our crop, but also the efficiencies, et cetera, we, we need to, uh, you know, obtain getting that crop off. And the third would be we've really started to track people data and how that affects our, our ability to be efficient. 
And, and I think you've made an important point. Uh, it's not just about agronomics. A lot of times we think all we think about is agronomic data, right? Because that's the easy go-to, and the farmers love to farm. But that financial data, that that is really, in, in some ways, even it, it gives you a truer picture on on where you're at, and kind of sets the tone for the farm going forward. Yeah, I mean, the financial data is like your mark to mark. It's the actual. I find that agronomic data, you know. As farmers, we can convince ourselves to only remember what the yield was at our favorite spot of the field. And if you extrapolate that over your whole farm, I mean, you'd, you'd do extremely well every year. But funny thing is, is once you sell everything and, and minus all the bills, it's nowhere near what that one acre, that small portion was. So the financial data really is your, you know, it's your true marker and that that's what goes into your bank account. That's what goes into your net worth and allows you to operate your business. So. We, we truly believe it's the most important part because it allows you to really measure everything you're trying to measure. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, a lot of times we use the words data and information you know, interchangeably. But I, I disagree with that. I, I look at data as being quite raw in, in definition, and it, it's sort of you know, maybe ungathered. It's, it's not ungrouped, and it, it's just sort of a whole bunch of numbers. It, it's about turning it into information that is key to be able to make really, really good decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, we kind of call it the conversion from data to intelligent data. It gets it gets to the point of intelligent data when we can make a decision on it. So that, you know, if I use machinery for an example, we did a project this year on all of our harvest combines and grain carts where we literally measured every hour that the, the machines were running, whether they were, you know, full and operating, full and unloading while they're moving or not moving, repair time, etc., and then put a dollar amount on every hour that we weren't efficient. And, I mean, it really surprised us. I mean, one thing was is our grain carts were super efficient. Our combines only lost us about $4,000 worth of hours by, by sitting there idling and not and full, which means the grain cart was late. On a, you know, on our acres, that's pretty small. But our transport time and, say, our idling not full, i.e. repairs or supper breaks, etc., the the number really surprised me. So that was... The second one that we've really started tracking is developing a scorecard that we get every Friday that is more what I would call activity-based instead of financial-based. So it's a leading indicator right down to the point of, you know, how many overtime hours did we pay every week on Fridays, which lets us know how we're managing our crew, which lets you know burnout, wage expense, et cetera, et cetera, right down to how can we better measure our shop. So possibly on Fridays that what we're looking at is, you know, you have – you have open jobs, days in a job, and days to complete a job. And if you start tracking that on every single Friday, that those leading indicators are what actually is starting to drive our financials. So some of the, some of the listeners, they're going to hear those, you know, those couple examples, and and I think what's going to drift into their minds is, man, I don't have time to put all that together. Like I, that's that sounds like it's crazy. How do you how do you make sure you have the resources available to put some of those numbers together? What do you do? Yeah, so I mean, for the for the shop one, it became as easy as hang a whiteboard in the shop. We list all the jobs and put a date beside them when we list them in the job title. When they get moved into an open job, the crew just moves them over on the whiteboard and writes the new date. And obviously, like all they have to remember is when they start it and when they finish it, and they write a date beside it. And then you know, our, the the one girl from the front office collects that data every Friday. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 20, the high minus 25. The low tonight, minus 34, wind chill minus 39 tonight, and minus 46 overnight. There can be frostbite in minutes. Thursday, mainly sunny, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40. The high tomorrow, minus 26, wind chill minus 45 in the morning and minus 38 in the afternoon. Frostbite in minutes, the low, minus 33. Friday, sunny, the high minus 25, the low, minus 35. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 25, the low minus 36. Sunday, sunny and starting to turn a little milder, the high minus 21, the low minus 24. Monday, sunny with a high minus 13, the low minus 19. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11. Normal high is minus 8, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 819. This morning it sets at 607 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Cornac. That's about 220 kilometers southwest of Regina or straight south of Moose Jaw. The cold spot, Collins Bay, minus 35. That's up north. Estevan is minus 26. Saskatoon, minus 28. Swift Current, minus 29. Weyburn, minus 27. And Yorkton, minus 28. Drifting snow in Regina, minus 28 degrees, that's 18 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 26, giving a wind chill right now of minus 42 degrees. Humidity, 68%. Thermometer rising, 103.6. Sunny in Moose Jaw, minus 28. Winds are from the west-northwest at 26. Once again, Regina, drifting snow in minus 28, that's 18 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer dis- distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. The USDA released its latest commodities report yesterday, and according to Errol Anderson with ProMarket Communications in Calgary, there were some surprises. He says grain prices have been pushed downward. Well, it was quite significant. Uh, the bottom line with bull markets is that they always need to be fed, and yesterday uh, USDA um, actually um, didn't feed the bull on the corn market. They kept the corn ending stock number of about 1.5 billion bushels for this current crop year in place from the January re- report, and the trade was expecting about 1.3. Now, as, uh, as insignificant as one might think originally, the corn stocks are still tight. It triggered um, fund selling. Uh, funds have been long this market, and then they started to bolt, and it triggered technically on the charts something that we call a technical key reversal, a bearish key reversal. And uh, that suggests the price top of the market. So when the funds bolt out, uh, down we go, and it's yanking on all the other grains right now. Uh, we've got the bean market down um, about 40 cents per bushel. Canola's down anywhere from, you know, around $10 approximately. 
but it does suggest with the South American crop being so close right now, and they are harvesting in Brazil and just weeks away from delivery, that uh, we may have actually seen a bit of a top in some of these grain prices. So Anderson has asked, did canola prices reach their peak? Well, it's possible. Um, new crop, uh, you know, is going to be well supported because we need the acres. Uh, the old crop, sure. You know, for the old crop to move down uh, 50 cents a bushel off these highs, you know, really, why not? Um, they're still remarkable prices. I don't see a collapse coming by any means. I do see a bit of a correction. The soybeans, though, the March contract, or pardon me, the May contract, you know, which was around $14 per bushel. The support, I believe, is down to $13 a bushel. So, you know, we could lose a dollar a bushel off the soybeans, but still, that's $13 beans. Um, the corn market could move down, but again, if we move down 25, 30 cents on the corn, it will tend to stabilize. So, uh, it's a correction. We may have seen the top, um, but uh, the market will start to focus on uh, summer weather if there's issues. Uh, and then uh, it'll sort of affect the new crop futures at that time. That's Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. Digman Industries in Regina and John Deere have reached an agreement to provide a line of heavy harrows designed for small grain farms. Three heavy harrow models will be available in five or seven rows with 50, 70, and 82-foot working widths. In the field, the heavy harrow can be operated up to 12 miles per hour. The equipment gives farmers a new tool for managing heavy residue, controlling weeds and volunteer plants, and for warming the soil before spring seeding. Torsion bar design and folding sequence makes field work faster. While John Deere dealers will have access to the new line of harrows, Diggleman would continue to manufacture the Strawmaster series of harrows to authorize Diggleman dealers. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. The United States is still the largest buyer of Saskatchewan agri-food products, but only barely. 2020 statistics have total sales to the United States at $3.29 billion, only $50 million ahead of China at $3.24 billion. Japan was a distant third at $1.23 billion. Rounding out the top five were India at number four with $701 million in sales and Mexico at $672 million. Also in the top ten were United Arab Emirates, Bangladesh, Italy, Turkey and Morocco. When you break it down by agricultural products, the top 10 Saskatchewan exports were canola seed, wheat, lentils, canola oil, durum peas, canola meal, soybeans, barley, and oats. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mostly moving up during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist for the Ministry of Agriculture, Natasha Wilkie, says steers moved up from $1.47 to $5.90 per hundredweight. Well, Jim, we're lucky again. We saw some higher prices across the weight categories for feeder steers uh, when compared to prices reported the previous week. And so we saw the largest price increase in the 700 to 800 pound weight category. Those guys going up $5.90 per hundredweight to end the weekend average price of $187.40 per hundredweight. And the smallest increase was seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category, going up $1.47 to end the week at an average price of $263.30 per hundred weight. And then we look somewhere kind of in the middle, I guess. We've got 800 to 900 pound weight category. 
day and at the week at an average price of $176.93 per hundred weight. We move over to Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices. They were mixed, but mostly higher across their poor weight categories. And so the largest price increase we saw there was in the 500 to 600 pound weight category. Those girls going up $4.08 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $192.08. Decreases were seen at either end of the weight categories. And when we look at the 800 plus pound weight category, they went down $2.36 per hundred weight. And then we look at the 700 to 800 pound weight category. They had an increase of $2.83 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $167 per hundred weight. What were the factors pushing up the feeder cattle prices? Well, we, when we look at the futures markets, I guess, both the live and feeder futures, futures markets were both up this week. And feed grains also remained fairly steady this past week. And choice beef cattle prices have been steadily increasing since the beginning of 2021. So those kind of factors you know, make for a stronger feeder market. What were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 17,696 head of cattle sold to Saskatchewan last week. That's up from 9,094 head the previous week and still more than the 12,909 head marketed during the same week in 2020. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So when we look at market-ready cattle, we saw the price of D2 slaughter cows. They saw an increase of $1.14 per hundred weight to average $75.22. And the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a similar increase with prices going up $1.69 per hundred weight from the previous week to average $65.50 per hundred weight. Then we look at Alberta fed steers. They were reported at $151.20 per hundred weight, and that's up only a penny. So they remain pretty steady from the previous week. Natasha Wilkie is the acting provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola dropped $7.20 at 639.77. Number one red spring wheat fell $1.59 at $272.39. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $310.48. Feed barley, $249.70. Flax, $801.08. Lentils, $602.50. Oats two twenty nine fifty three, yellow peas three eighty eighty nine, and feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down eleven and a quarter cents this morning at six fifteen and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Jordan Esten Boy Livestock. We had a pre-sort sale on February 9th. 500 to 550 heifers sold from 191 to 196. 550 to 600 pound heifers sold from 191 to 195. 600 to 650 pound heifers sold from 188 to 194, 650 to 700 pound heifers sold from 181 to 185, 700 to 800 pound heifers sold from 166 to 175, 800 to 900 pound heifers sold from 152 to 170. There were not enough steers to determine a market report. 
This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboya Livestock Market Report. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, they are unavailable for today's quotations. Yesterday, the Sig 4 in Brandon and uh, the Moose Jaw plants was up one cent at 163.63 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. In one of his first acts as new chairman of the Senate Energy Committee, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is urging President Joe Biden to reconsider his executive order revoking a presidential permit for the long-delayed Keystone XL oil pipeline. In a letter to Biden, Manchin sides with Republican critics who say Biden's action will cost thousands of high-paying jobs. Manchin says revoking the cross-border permit for Keystone could have a negative effect on safety, jobs and energy security, citing Canada as one of the largest and most reliable trading partners the U.S. has. Sask Energy is reporting a new record for gas consumption thanks to the extreme cold in Saskatchewan. The Crown Corporation announced between 9 a.m. Monday morning and 9 a.m. Tuesday the province used 1.57 petajoules of gas, beating a record set in January of last year. It's the eighth winter in a row the province has either matched or set a new record for natural gas use. Most of the money won't start flowing until 2026, but Prime Minister Trudeau says the federal government will provide $14.9 billion for public transit projects across the country. Trudeau says the funding will be spread over eight years, offering cities predictable dollars to plan for their long-term needs. On the markets, Canada's main stock index edged lower in late morning trading, weighed down by losses in the industrial and utility sectors, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down three points at 18,404. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 34 points at 31,410. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.83 cents U.S. compared with 78.62 cents Tuesday. The March crude oil contract was up 28 cents at $58.64 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.